Well, I'm back from London. You are, but you've been back for a while. And I'm a little confused. But so the last time we the recorded... The last time we recorded... I'm now realising that you're doing a follow-on from the last episode. Yes. And I meant to go, yes, you are, Mark. Tell us all about your fantastic time at the wrestling. No, but I'm feeling quite bad because um, when I went to the wrestling, uh, when I went down to London, I met up with uh, Rob Daniel and Rob Wallace from the movie Robcast, which was lovely. Like The first time I've met Rob Wallace, um, I've met Rob Daniel for a coffee a few years ago, but... Uh, was it, it probably is it probably a few is years a ago few at this years point. Ago, yeah. yeah, but we had a lovely time. We had a lovely afternoon. We went out for dinner um, in a restaurant, which was the most out of my depth that I've ever been. Um, but they gladly talked me through everything we were doing there. It was a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown, so the food was, of course, amazing. Mm. And yeah, it was just, um, it was an absolutely lovely afternoon. But the reason I want to make this very clear is the next day, Rob Daniel messaged me on Twitter and said, um, "Oh, how was the wrestling?" And then. Immediately afterwards, no, no, actually, don't leave it for the podcast. I'm, I'm want oh, to know it, right. so I didn't reply immediately. And then I've been thinking, shit, we need to do a fucking podcast because otherwise, <laughs> I'm the most ignorant person in the world. <laughs> well, purely for Rob, how was the wrestling? The wrestling was excellent. The wrestling was excellent. Um, I think we touched upon like it was a touch underwhelming card. Um, well, in our last announced. episode, yeah. when we talked about it, yeah, but everyone brought it. Uh, I had an amazing time. I was cramped in like a like a battery farm animal, to be perfectly <laughs> oh, honest, no. in the seats at Wembley. Nowhere <laughs> near as um, comfortable as it was in LA. Uh, oh, oh yeah, oh LA. Mm. Um, is that just Wembley Stadium generally, or do you, was yeah. it your sort of the seats that you were? Because you were really high up, weren't you? You were quite yeah. Far I mean, back. I've been to Wembley like three or four times now, and. That, I can't remember as being uncomfortable, but I think I was in the gods at this mm. one. Um, and also, all indie podcasters went to AEW because folks from We Needed Roads podcast were there. Um, folks from the Custard TV, uh, both present and past, were there. Like the time, my timeline was just full of people that I know from podcasts that I listen to, all saying, "I'm at AEW. I'm at, like um." Gary and Matt from the Custard TV podcast were going like quizzes and yeah. you were like scrolling, you were seeing on my feed them like being with famous wrestling people and things like that. And you were, I was showing you off. was like, hang on a minute, is that? You I know, mean, the word famous dot. is yeah, a stretch. Know, but you people know what I mean. who, not even are that well known, but clearly were listening to the same sort of podcasts. Yeah. But yeah, it was a lovely time. I had a lovely time around London. Just it was nice to get relaxing and um, everything. I mean, it was quite weird because it was it was what's almost certain to be CM Punk's last match with AEW. He apparently got in a fight backstage just before his match, and so it was quite weird watching. In between, I was like scrolling through Twitter trying to find something, and as CM Punk was walking up the ra- up the ramp to go- leave the ring, there's people tweeting saying, "Yep, we've got reports. It was in a fight backstage." I was like, "Christ, that's broke quickly." And you didn't see any of that? No, because it was backstage. Right. Basically, CM Punk had been winding a lot of people up backstage previously. Um, he'd had an argument with Jungle Boy, who Jack Perry, who is the son of Luke Perry. Oh, Luke Perry from 90210 fame, yes, right? Yeah. Okay. Jungle Boy. They'd had an argument a few That's years ago. Name. Well, he used to come out to um, Amazulu. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Tarzan Boy. Tarzan Boy. But he's turned bad recently. But, oh, well. Yeah. They had an argument because he had a week off scheduled and wanted to do, like, once he'd be written off for a week by using some real glass. And CM Punk had apparently come along and stuck his nose in and said he shouldn't be using real glass in an angle. Well, no. Well, 
Obviously, anywhere. health and safety. Anyway. So unbeknownst to us, because we're in the stadium and we don't get the feed, they he had a fight with um, Hook on I- the pre-show. <laughs> I know this means nothing to you. No. But as part of it, he came out of a limousine um, and they had a fight on top of the limousine and he tapped the windscreen and said, that's real glass, Crimea River, to the camera. It's all very odd. Yeah. CM Punk took exception to this and apparently it was a bit of a fight. And there's rumours that monitors were thrown. There is apparently footage, which I'm sure will leak out at some point. I'm more excited about this guy, Hook. It's reminding me a lot of Steven Spielberg's Robin Williams film. Is Justin Hoffman going to pop out in a wig at some point? Uh, no, and Phil Collins doesn't make a brief cameo. And Glenn Close. Here yes. you go, movie facts, movie facts. No, Hook is a young boy, like very young boy. Um, he's the son of Taz. Oh, I mean, it just gets better. Yeah. It just gets better. Taz is in Come to Tasmania, Come to Tasmania. No, but... A character sort of based on that originally. Really? And then, I was joking, but yeah, yeah, he you're was, being serious. He was called the Tasmaniac and oh, okay. was like this wild... I mean, yes, he was a wild whatever a Tasmanian devil is meant to be. But then he became more a street thug and yes. For, so for people who really don't care about the wrestling, it's just to say that um, the, wrestling will, the wrestling chat will go on pause for a little while. Yes. Because you haven't got anything wrestling coming up no I've hardly even been watching it to be yeah. honest I think I just need a little bit of a break from it <laughs> maybe we all do <laughs> oh I mean I was there last week at North again but yes, yes. At the local wrestling and we have tickets for November yes we do we're, yeah. off, we're off to North together which is very exciting for me I really enjoyed going and I'm, I'm really looking forward to going with you Good. actually I'm, really in, looking I'm forward to having you there yeah but yeah, no, it was it was a lovely weekend down there. It was a lovely to catch up with the Robs. Um, well overdue. I was very jealous. They took me a tour of the Sam Smith pubs uh, of London, which, <laughs> as a Yorkshireman, I was very proud of to uh, walk in. And it was yeah, it was like oh, what, what pub should we go to? We got to the Chandos, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, walked yeah. around Sam Smith. I'm like, yep, yeah, it's nice and cheap. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. Not cheap, but it's good value. I think. Yeah, is especially in London <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, we always look for the Sam Smith pubs when we're down there, don't do we? we? I can't remember that. Yeah, you, we do. You, I mean, you do yes. all the sort of like the organisation. I just follow. Yes. Yeah. What was the one we went to? Oh, when I we mean, went down? you're going to ask me a question about which pub we went. I mean, I'm never going to remember. So am I? it was the pub that friend of the show Alison and Chris had been in and seen oh, Sylvester McCoy in. Um, ye olde Cheshire Cheese. There we go. Yes, we went to that one because because they'd seen seen Doctor Who in there and therefore I was like if we go we might see Sylvester McCoy but we didn't we didn't we didn't did you see anyone famous no I mean apart from the people who were in the stars of AEW but oh what do you mean like I didn't see anyone famous like walking around London oh right okay yeah Mm. that's a shame you always spot someone, don't you? There was some random mm. celeb that you maybe apart from the Robs, see. obviously. Yeah, but, yeah obviously. Uh, yes. I mean, you had the best people taking you round the streets of London. Yeah. Watching television, watching television. Shall I start off with Starstruck? Go on, then. I'm really annoyed that you don't like Starstruck. <laughs> and I have to, you know, genuinely, I have tried to get into it recently because. Like, I've been dotting about, you've been watching it on an evening. Yes. And I've tried, really, really have, to sort of look up from my laptop from time to time or stand in the corner of the room if I'm sort of moving from one room to another and just see if 
it sort of does anything for me. But it just doesn't, to be honest with you. And but I'm really happy that you love it. Good. Although, you know, you might be about to tell me that you really don't like season three. So for anyone who's not been following the podcast, because I've been raved about this, I think this is the third season that I've raved about on the podcast. Um, spoilers for where I'm going. This is the story of Rose Matafeo, who in the first series, the best episode, is at a New Year's Eve party, um, meets a guy, goes home with him, and when she wakes up the next morning, realises uh, that he is one of the biggest British film stars around. Um, he's a big action star, starring in franchise films and like a hunk that is desired throughout the throughout throughout Britain and the world. Um, he's played by Nikesh Patel, and throughout now three seasons, they have an on again, off again romance. I was really disappointed when they said they were going to do a second season because I thought the first season was just perfect um, and left it just perfect between the two. The problem with this show is that it necessitates a problem between them at the beginning of every season. And when the third season started and I saw, oh, look, there's another problem between them, uh, then I was like, again, this might be the most mature season that they've had. Um, They go about their lives in very different ways. They they have a split in the first episode, I think it's a spoiler to say, and they move on, and there is a there is a fair fair time jump, and we see them meeting other people and being in other relationships, and then we move on, and as happens, their lives meet up and disappear. And this seemed like a real progression. It wasn't just season one and season two all over again, which was the which was the big worry for me. Um, both both characters feel like they're growing up and obviously Rose Matafeo is growing up who writes this and stars in it so it might just be that it's um that she's growing up with these characters but I fired through all six episodes of this in like two days which I am not want to do normally so yeah I this is the highest recommendation this will be on my top 10 of the year do you think there'll be another series I mean, I said I hope not twice now, and mm. it's still come back. Um, it's left in a point where it could do. It's left in probably a better position to have a fourth season than the previous two end of seasons, shall we say? I just want these people to be happy, and I think that's. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not necessarily sure that that is together. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I just enjoy seeing these people interact and. They're, they're maybe not the best people for each other. They're maybe mm-hmm. two very different people. Okay. And I just want them to be happy in their lives. <laughs> okay. Which I think is probably the strongest compliment yeah, yeah, I can yeah, give yeah. to the, yeah, this. Yeah. I'm going to talk about a show that's being compared to Starstruck. So okay. it's quite quite a nice complimentary show to speak about. And this is The Lovers. It's a Sky Atlantic show. It's a new show, a brand new series. Is this American? No, it's not. <laughs> I don't understand why British shows go on Sky Atlantic. It seems the complete antithesis of... I don't understand it at all, because I thought that as well. It's always a Sky Atlantic like original or something, you know, it's on Now TV. I was looking up like where it was. This is actually based in Belfast, believe it or not. Okay. It's, um, that's the the major setting, although we do move to, to London. I guess it's kind of over that way, <laughs> over towards <laughs> yeah. the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a coast on the Atlantic, so that might be... Well, no, there isn't. And it, and again, it's the it's two people. So you've got Janet, who is based in Belfast. She's a supermarket worker. She's not getting on very well with her her colleagues. 
Um, she's <laughs> she she seems to be in a sort of mental health crisis. That her colleagues are very gently sort of saying to her, "Are you all right? There's something majorly." happened in her life and we don't get to know what that is for a little while and then we bob over to london where we've got um seamus who is played by johnny flynn. And he's irish you yeah, would yeah, say. yeah 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 uh, it's played by johnny flynn who i understand played david bowie in, in um one of the most recent films oh yeah and yeah i think that had like a star st- or something like that attached stardust or something like that it reminded me of that when i was thinking about it anyway called there's a star man (laughs) it might be um so seamus now sorry i'll stop johnny flynn and this is the reason i know his name johnny flynn has been on various podcasts and he's been doing a lot of promotion around this and he has said that this guy that he's playing this sort of very metropolitan london um sunday politics type of guy has his own podcast award-winning is meant to be like a young andrew marr or young robert peston with a bit of derma o'leary sort of like mixed into it so you can imagine that sort of person when we meet him we don't really well i didn't anyway i didn't really take to him very kindly it's is a little narcissistic. He thinks his producer is a fan and he takes a selfie with her without even asking who she is. You know, that sort of thing where he seems to be a bit of bit of an idiot. Yeah. Um and he is being given this big this big show, this big sort of like Sunday politics morning show. Um but the uh, the the thing that he doesn't like about it is that he has to go and film it over in Belfast because they're trying to sort of cut costs or not just be London centric so off he goes to Belfast and then there was a sort of I'm going to hesitate to say a comedy of errors because when Seamus finally meets up with Janet he is being chased by some youths of Belfast having really wound them up with his indelicate conversation about the troubles and she is about to take her own life in her yard Fucking hell. with a, a sawn off shotgun so <laughs> wow it's you you feel like and i felt a bit like very well i felt very uneasy to begin with because it's not a laughable moment when someone's you know about to take their own life but it is played for laughs in that he's like bundling over her yard wall and she's trying to do this thing and he essentially saves her life she saves his because these kids are coming after him and he ends up staying the night nothing happens but they clearly click and then from that point on the whole point of the show is will they get together won't they get together is it is it meant to be because it's such different parts of I suppose the different parts of life she's working in the supermarket in Belfast he's a minor celeb in London, you know, they, they've got these different worlds and yet they are so attracted to each other and then they're working through their various issues, which both of them have. When I first watched it, I watched a couple of episodes and they're only sort of 30 minutes long. I thought it was a bit throwaway, but I still enjoyed it. I wanted to see what happened next with the relationship. I finished the whole series now and it takes some really interesting turns into talking about Belfast, talking about the troubles, talking about people's pasts, um, who people are, who you think they are, who they project as a personality. And it has some really deep things to say, all bundled up in sometimes very screwball, fast-paced dialogue, and 
at the centre of it, two people who you we you you want them to be together. I even though I didn't take to him to begin with, I kind of softened on him a little bit. You you want them to be together, even though there are all these hurdles in the way. Not least Seamus's girlfriend, who's played by the wonderful Alice Eve. Oh, so you've got that thrown into the middle, and you're thinking, oh, you don't want him to cheat on her, but at the same time you do. You know, so it it is a comedy, but I think it's got some real depths to it. And normally, as you know, comedy is just not my bag. But I I really enjoyed it. It's it's not going to be something that I sit and think about late into the night. But, you know, when I had a bit of time and I thought like half an hour, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put on another episode of The Lovers and see what what happens next. Let's just see where we go. And I really appreciated the dialogue. The standout performer for me is Roisin Gallagher, who plays Janet. I've not seen her in anything else before, but she really reminds me of Saran Jones. I was going to say, I mm-hmm. would, I, I've just looked her up and I was yeah. like, I've seen the adverts for this. And I thought it was Saran Jones yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah, the, she's very definitely got a presence. And if you can have a presence yeah, of anyone, I mean... Totally. Yeah. And, and I really hope that she gets other things off this because she can go from playing, you know very with the working class in the supermarket um very broad comedy with almost sitcommy in the supermarket to this beautifully glamorous being in a bar eyes sparkling like she's got the most beautiful intense eyes having these really deep conversations with people and like i say she really really reminded me of saran jones i think she would be amazing in something less comedic and something deeper and, and darker and more dramatic because there are elements to this this show like i say it's it's not mind-blowing it's not the sort of thing where i've sat and watched it and gone oh my god like, it's the most amazing thing i've ever seen in my life but it's very difficult for me to like a comedy yeah and this is a comedy and i've enjoyed it i think i'll definitely check it out mm. um it's not something i would normally go towards but i i quite like johnny flynn i liked him yeah. in emma was in the... I've not seen him in anything before. Have you found out if it's Stardust or? Yeah, it's called Stardust. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm not, it's a film I've not seen, but um, he played Mr. Knightley in in the in latest version Emma. of Emma, uh, the Anna Taylor Joy yeah version. Um, I really like Alice Eve. Yes, um, I think she was on. She was definitely something felt Amazing. like she was on the rise. Mm. I don't know if Star Trek Into Darkness. Like oh, there was that I really forgot, unfortunate, yeah. oh, like there was that line, five second, yeah. yeah, which mm. I feel possibly set set the industry back um, yeah. ten years. But she, I mean, she's she's clearly still working, and she's it's doing yeah. she's doing really good work whenever I see her. But I I really feel like she could have become one of the sort of regulars around the Hollywood, in, in all different sorts of films. I think she. Mm-hmm. They, she was actually really good in Star Trek Into Darkness and yeah. I feel really bad for her that, that that one scene with Chris Pine happened, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll check it out. Shall we talk about films? Yeah. I say we. Well, you say we. It's going to be you. And that's fine. Yeah, okay. Right, let's do it. Saturday night at the movies Who cares what picture you see so I've got two films to talk about. 
Um, first of all, I'm going to start with the blackening, and I'll just do this really quickly. Um, so, do you know much about the blackening? Oh, I, I know the poster or the trailer. I've seen one or the other, which is essentially a play on the, the trope that in a horror film, it typically a black person will die first. And so the line is, we can't all die first. Is yes. that right? So I knew it was sort of a play on that. Yeah, so this is a it's a slasher horror comedy, I think I would put it there. Um, it's by Tim Story, who has a very interesting like history of films. Okay. He started off doing uh, Barbershop and... Uh, oh, right, yeah. okay. Like um, Eddie Murphy's sort of things. Was Barbershop Eddie Murphy? It, was it, it wasn't. Cube? It, I think it's an Ice Cube. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah Did um, you hear me say that? In the Ice yeah. Cube? Like the least <laughs> rappy person known to mankind, yeah. He then went on to do the, the first two Fantastic Four films. Oh, right. The ones that um, have... Um, oh, what's it? Ewan Griffith, Griffith and, in. Yeah. And uh, obviously Chris Evans as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, I forgot. And yeah. Jessica Alba. Um, then ended up like doing... Did the ride-along films. Don't know those. It, it's... Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> thanks. That was really insightful. <laughs> they are... I think they're quite generic comedies okay um he also ended up doing the tom and jerry film that came out a few years ago so he's had an interesting yeah and now he's back doing um it's very very uh black based comedies um and this is strict this is very much if you have a line where scary movies at one end yep and Name a really tough slasher at the other. Mm-hmm. Um, this is further towards scary movie, not quite past scream on the thing, but okay. not quite. Definitely nowhere near scary movie. So, so this we're is heading towards. We're going parody. Yes, but we're not. We're not fully into farce. Yeah, I think okay. is probably right. the best way to describe okay. it. Uh, this is a group of friends from college um, meet up in a cabin in the woods. And hilarity ensues. Um, as you can probably imagine, someone's out there with a knife. Um, strange shit happens. If you can't see who is the murderer in this, you are not trying. Okay. But, that... but are you meant to... Is, is it that sort of level where you're sort of... You're meant to know that it isn't the think... real whodunit? No, it's not. It's not that you're meant to know, mm. but it certainly, it certainly disguises it somewhat. Because, yeah... I won't go into that because it's a plot point. It disguises it somewhat, but I sort of said, okay, right, it's definitely, this is what, where it's going. But there's some really entertaining set pieces in this. Um, it's set around a, a a game that they play, which is a the world's worst version of Jumanji, I dare say. But it really, really seems... It really worked for me. I laughed consistently all the way through. I didn't know any of the actors. There are people who are in a lot of TV shows and things like that, but not necessarily things that I'd watch. You know, there is... Uh, Grace Byers is probably the lead in it, and she was in the TV show Empire. Okay. Heard uh, of it, HBO, but didn't watch yeah. it, yeah. Uh, Jermaine Fowler is probably the second. He was in Sorry to Body, which I've seen and Coming to America, but... Okay. Not in certainly not in lead parts by any by any means, but yeah, this is this is a good fun Friday night. Have a couple of beers, 
have a laugh along. Yeah. Um, there's lots of awkward social commentary in it, as you would imagine, given the <laughs> given the tagline. Yeah. And yeah, it, it really worked for me. It's a good solid high three. Um, really? High oh, three good. slasher film, so yeah. with with a, a fair bit of comedy in. So well, I, when it because I do like a slasher. I mean, I love Scream, and I love, yeah. love all the, all the screams, even the ones that everyone hates. I really like a dodgy sequel. With those films, I can sit and watch them really happily. So yeah, I think I'll grab it when it's uh, when it's on the streaming channels. And now I am back from and still getting over watching past lives yeah you've just been to see past lives today just this afternoon so you are quite fresh from it yeah and you have been thinking about it a lot because at one point this afternoon even when you've been back for a little while you were off somewhere else and i had to go are you all right now i've listened to a lot of interviews with celine song who wrote and directed past lives yes and she said that um, she has heard from people who have said that they have come home and um, they've wanted to hug their partner and tell them that they're going to be with them for the rest of their lives. Or they come home and look at their partner and decide to break up with them. And I had neither reaction from you. So I've just been, I've been waiting. I'm feeling quite paranoid <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I've just been waiting going, well, he hasn't hugged me and told me that he's going to be with me for the rest of my life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Past Lives is a film that I have been following since it made its debut at, I think, the Sundance Film Festival this year. It's one of them films that came out in America probably about three or four months ago as well and got rave reviews all on the board and I have been absolutely waiting to go and see this. Um, It's been in our calendar, even, and I've had to go, what's this, Past Lives? Yeah, I put it in my calendar to sort of remind me that that's the weekend when I'm going to go see it. And, but it's uh, quite weird when you see in a joint calendar something come up going, Past Lives. Do you know how many times you ask me, what's Past <laughs> Lives? Know, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's like three or four before it's sunk in as <laughs> yeah. to what it actually was. Um, so this is the story of Nora, who we first meet as a 12-year-old girl in Korea. Her family emigrates across to Canada, leaving behind her friend stroke boyfriend i mean it's tw- he's 12. Yeah, 12 it's one of them 12 year old yeah. relationships of his song okay we then flash forward 12 years and they find each other through social media have a little chat but fall out of talking a little bit we then go forward another 12 years and his son is coming to the usa um to meet nora and she has moved on. She is. She is with a. She's married. Whereas he is still living at home. He seems to have quite a good job. And the vast majority of this film, probably the last, the, the two thirds of it, is them spending time together around New York City. This star-crossed lovers, um, the people who come in and out of your lives, is I will say catnip to me, as you will yeah. well know. It's a, you know one of my favorite films is Once. Um, and I've got a lot of ones fives from this, just in the way that this is um, framed, and like obviously the plot of someone who comes in, spends a week in a place, uh, meets someone, and then and then get, maybe get shown round it yeah. and does the tourist stuff, and you get to see the city from their perspective. Yeah. That's very once, isn't it? Mm. With, with Dublin, I think this is more about the relationship between the two than it is about New York City, let's make that very clear. But there is this is very largely a three hander film. There is Nora, there is her husband, Arthur, and this is her son. 
Um, and other people come into it. There is a group of friends who come into it and disappear, but they are we don't learn anything about them. We don't even learn their names. It is largely three main actors working on this. The joys of this film are all in what is not said. The visuals, I'm so glad that I saw this in a cinema because you want that concentration of looking at people's faces and as they look and the glances at each other. This is such a subtle film. I absolutely fell in love with every single, all three of the cast members. It doesn't go down the route that you think it's going to go down. At certain points, you kind of see this, these sort of feelings from attitude from one of the one of the three and I'm like oh I really don't want it to go down this down that route mm-hmm. but it it pulls it back um I this will be in my top 10 of the year quite easily quite comfortably um I've I, I don't know I, I certainly don't know the mentor actors Greta Lee or Tao Yu um John Magaro who plays Arthur is a he's a character actor who has been in so many things so he's been in the big show he's been in first cow which i seem to remember him most Mm. he was in carol um yeah he's he's been in loads of things you would you would know him if you saw him um the the screenplay on this is so beautifully written the way people talk to each other i mean celine song um as someone who I now understand emigrated from Korea to Canada and then to New York from 12 years old and then went in New York, married a writer. Um, it must have been really tough for her to come up with these characters. Uh, I think it's even down to the fact that it's like her dad's a, her dad's a film director and as is Celine Songs. It, yeah, it must be well, like... she's from the theatre, from what I understand. She's had a career in the theatre. Yeah, she's a playwright. Yeah. I mean, guess what Nora's job is in this? <laughs> yeah, well, that's very once again, isn't yeah. it? Like, you know, musicians and, yeah. I, I can see why you... Look, I mean, as soon as I saw everyone talking about this and, and what it was, I, I did think, oh, wow, this is going to absolutely be up your your street. But people are saying it's the film of the year. So, for example, Kermode, for example, is saying, you know, if this isn't the film of the year, I don't know what it is. See, I've not listened to any... Re- I've not had a chance uh, to listen to any reviews yet and I've purposely avoided them. I think so, that's a good idea because I yeah. feel I know a bit too much about it now. Okay, that's... Well, or that my expectations yeah. are, re- are raised. Mm. So I'm pleased that you've come back and said that you really enjoyed it. My expectations were high. Yeah. And I... Yeah, I mean, this, for me, I'm still trying to work out what my star rating is, whether it's four and a half or whether it's five. One thing I will say is, I didn't cry at this. Oh, right. Okay. Which That surprises me. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, it, I cried at yeah. Red, White and Royal Blue yes. multiple times. <laughs> and oh, let me say that that is not a better film than this. <laughs> so it didn't quite get you emotionally, maybe respect I, it rather than loving it. No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, I think I was with these characters all the way through and I, I just don't, I think everyone... Are you meant to cry then? Uh, I think so. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think I was... How can I put this? I don't think it was a film which had overwhelming joy or despair. It gave me warmth rather than the overwhelming joy or despair that would raise tears if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I understand. Um, there is I can see why people would be drawn to tears both through joy and sadness through this um, 
But yeah, one thing I will say is this has one of the all-time best cold openings of a film I've ever seen. Um, it switched on, and I knew exactly where we were. I knew exactly what sort of film this is, and it's a very, very voyeuristic um, cold open. And I think a lot of the direction. I'm not someone who normally goes into sort of how the direction is framed and the blocking of the film, but I think the blocking of this film is so perfect. There are times when you feel like you are just watching people react naturally and the it's because we are behind objects and seeing people through things and who who we don't see in a shot is as important as who we do see in a shot. As I'm talking myself I'm talking myself into a five star here. This is probably my film of the year so so far. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you if you were in any doubt, and if you it's largely subtitled, and I know that is a deal breaker it can, it can for, be some a people, for some yeah. people, yeah. But yeah, it's it, it is a wonderful piece of cinema, and for a debut director, uh, debut film director, anyway, I think it is an absolutely astonishing piece of work. On this podcast, we normally pull each other's leg quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, that was a beautiful review. I think that was a really, really thoughtful, insightful, without giving anything away, review. Um, so, yeah, well done. I don't know how to finish that. Well done. Well done. Star rating for you. You get five stars. Whenever you say well done, it reminds me of um, the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, this is going back a bit. Do you remember the Thunderbirds are go song? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. And yeah. at the end of it, with MC Parker... Yes. At the end of it, um, Lady Penelope wishes him well done. And mm-hmm. you saying that just sounded exactly like that. Well <laughs> done. Well done. Well, I am very posh and I do have a pink car. Neither of those things are true. No, no. <laughs> well, you can be my chauffeur. You can be my Parker. Not yet, I can't. You will, very soon you will be. <laughs> let's, let's not curse it. Let's not curse it. Yes, someone's learning to drive right now. Yes, yes, yes. Just passed my theory test for the second time, yeah, because the first one ran out. <laughs> that is how long it takes. That's how long. Well, you did really well. That's you how long really it took well. to find a driver. Not yeah, a driver. Not a that's driver. not the yeah, right yeah, yeah, An instructor. Driving yeah. instructors. Yeah. And also the lockdowns and yeah. pandemics and all yeah. sorts of other things. So, yeah, you're nearly there. Theory and tests you... only lasted two years. Who knew? That's right. Who knew? Me I'll... when I tried yeah. to book a t- <laughs> And me a when test. I went through our box of stuff that everyone must have, of like the box of junk, the way you keep old cancel tax receipts and things like that. And I went through and I went, oh, look at this. Mark wouldn't need this anymore. This is series test results from two years ago. And then I looked at the bottom and I was like, oh, it's running out next I'm so month. glad you found that. I'd still be trying to book a fucking test, you'd, trying you'd to work out why I couldn't do it. Yeah. And that's why, because you, you're about to run out. But anyway, you did. congratulations. You you passed very, very high score as well. Again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you do yes. really well on the theory test. It's a, a constant joke in our house now, isn't it? That, you know, another two years, you could get even even higher score. I'm going to do it again. I quite <laughs> I know, enjoy yeah, this. Just keep doing it. It's the best game on the market. Yeah, they, uh, it's a really nice thing has to a do perception on a test. Saturday morning. Is it this just so you can get out of, um, you know, going for a long walk or down to play, you know, the um, soft play and that sort of stuff? Yeah, oh, I'm off to do my theory test. I would quite gladly have been doing that <laughs> rather than being sat in that. In that in that office on Saturday morning, but yes, yeah. <laughs> Worst thing about it was when you texted, oh, just at the car park, and it's like, oh, she's come to pick me up because it's raining. Oh, yeah. And then you rang and said, yep, and I'm just going to take Blake out. Take him for a walk. 
Oh, okay. Gonna... I'll see what I'm then. <laughs> well, I had said to you earlier, do you want to lift home? And you were like, no, because you wanted to decompress yeah. and you wanted to go back, back home. Oh, anyway, well, you had a you had a, a driving lesson, didn't you? So yeah, you had a... to go yes, that back home point. for your driving lesson. Yeah. I wasn't going to drive all the way into town with Blake and then go, right, take you all the way back again. I mean, you literally offered to do that just Yes, I did, I but then you said no. So then I'll, so I'll you would have done. Yeah, but then I had in my mind that we were doing something else and we went off to see some art at the art gallery. I feel we've gone. A, I think we've gone beyond this think, review of past this, lives. Um, is this related to past lives? Is this... Very much. Yeah. Yes, I've made my decision now on which which way I want to go. <laughs> and this will be the last episode of the Honeymoon Period podcast. Oh, we will be back. There'll be there'll be more opportunity, I think, in the future. Um, now things calm down a little bit for me to get to the cinema as well. I'm going to be sort of trying to find some some time to go and see some of the new films. Although I've been really happy catching up with films that I didn't see at the cinema. So I watched mm. Scream 6 recently. I watched Tar. Films that have come on like Sky Movies or have come on Prime and things like that. What do you make so, of Tar? <sighs> we might need a whole new podcast for that. Um, I found it very cold. I found it very difficult to get into. I didn't understand certain plot points. I thought Kate Blanchett was wonderful because Kate Blanchett just is wonderful and she clearly embodied that character and I enjoyed trying to get to grips with the character. I just I respected the filmmaking and I didn't love it and it it left me confused at times not just about what I was meant to feel but just plot points. There were certain things that happened that like I was saying to you, well, what happened here? And I was like googling things. Like she, you know, she does certain things, particularly at the end of the film. And so I was, I was like googling, why does Cage Blanchett? Do? So I, I struggled with the storyline, but obviously, Blanchett's brilliant, and nothing takes away from that. I, it just didn't give me what I thought I was getting. Okay. I'm, I'm still very confused about it. And, and I was what pretty it was, much the same, to be perfectly honest. Did you feel... I think it has something to say about cancel culture, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Did you come away with that sort of thought process around cancel got being cancelled? And... So, to be honest, the biggest the biggest discredit I could say about this film is I haven't thought about it a second until I left the oh, cinema. Oh, okay, right. But yeah, it's been interesting to sort of catch up with films like that and then go back and have the conversation with you of like, oh yeah, I know you've seen this sort of like in January of, yeah. this, of this year. And I don't think we talked about Tar on the podcast. No, I think it was between a couple of episodes mm. and yeah, I think too much time had passed by the time I saw it. So there have um, been fun things like that and Scream 6 and I know 65 is going to come on telly soon and I missed that at the cinema. So I'm looking forward to sort of catching up with those sorts of sort of things but there must have been a tranche of time where I didn't get to go to the pictures as much as I had in the past few months mm. and maybe I'm going into that sort of period again it's interesting sometimes to look back through the podcasts of like periods where you go quite a bit and periods when I go and I think it's I mean it's fascinating for me it's probably not to anyone else but just sort of I think the podcast often ref- reflects sort of the passage of time because we've been doing this for four years you get to see even, you know, just by having a, a look at the last six months, you can see periods where we were really, really busy and some big things were happening in, in our life or times where I had a bit more time on my hands and I was off to, you know, the local cinema, essentially weekly. It I find it quite fascinating because it's, a I suppose as a, a researcher, some, something I do in my day-to-day life, 
I can look at it as a piece of data of um, like almost like a diary of our of our lives over the past four years. Are you thinking, how do you move on from this? Yeah, <laughs> this weird I'm trying to say, how do I have time to go see past lives so I can talk to you about it, about <laughs> yeah. third acts, yeah. things and then. Um, in all seriousness, I really think you would, I, I just, even if it's just purely from the, from the performance of the film, I think you would really enjoy past lives. Yeah. Um, I, I will, back I will, to that. I will yeah. find, because it, it helps for you to be saying that you should go and see it in the cinema, because I was just thinking, Oh, I can like get it on telly, and but if you're saying you need to have that level of focus, I think it's yeah. I think it's a fuck. I think mm. you would miss so much when you do have the distractions of yeah. not being in a darkened room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And okay. It's just over. It's only just over an hour and a half. So, yeah. So that yeah, fits. Like, we can find some time, can't we? Yeah, it's like hundred mm-hmm. minutes with with the credits. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll be bobbing off to see it next weekend. Good. I, 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 <laughs> yes, I think I think you should. Right, I think we've flown through this episode. Yeah, I know. I don't know how long this is, but it seems we're well, one of our shorter say, ones. I did say to you we're going to have to make it shorter. My voice has just been. My voice has just got really yeah. loud on the podcast <laughs> while I go check what the time is on the. <laughs> well, we've done really well. I'm really pleased. Less for me to edit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for listening. Thank, thank you, you so for joining much us for this listening. far. You can follow us online at Twitter for now. Uh, yeah. And Instagram at the Honeymoon Pod. And I'm also on Letterboxd at the Home Moon Pod, which I'm quite enjoying recently. Yeah, and I've, I've seen other people on uh, other podcasts that we listen to have been talking about their Letterboxd accounts as well, so maybe that's a good place to, to send people. Yeah, yeah. I got into come a and, nice little chat with Rob us. Daniel over a film that he saw that I has a great part in my mind and may be appearing on the podcast sometime soon. Oh, fantastic. Well, maybe if that's the new place to sort of hang out and talk about films and not the madness of Twitter... Then I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, yeah. You join. I will. No, well, you won't. No, I won't. Because no, we've got our account. No, but oh, mine's, do I do mine, a mine's definitely one? me. Okay, is it definitely the Honeymoon Pod account? Is definitely you? Is yeah, it? it's, right, it's okay. called Mark G rather than. Oh, but, is it? It's yeah. rather than the Honeymoon. So, yeah. how do people find the letterbox then? It's at the Honeymoon Pod. Oh right, okay. Is my username, but it is definitely oh, me. Oh right, it's definitely you. Okay. <laughs> And if you'd like to leave us a review on this scintillating, <laughs> don't base it on that last yeah, don't 30, base 20 it seconds. On that. Five stars based on some other small part of the podcast that you really like. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, on Pocket Casts, or on anywhere else you can actually give us a review. All right, see you next time. See you next time.